good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to that podcast. Welcome to that podcast. Did I throw you off? That's a new one. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> our, our studio audience. I wish, you know what? Slow clap. <laughs> Do the, the Dumbledore... Uh, Back of the back of the hand, yeah, back, of, back the of the wrist. Yep, yep. Bad, bad pastor, bad pastor. <laughs> Welcome to that podcast. My name is Ryan Jakey, and as always, I'm joined by who are you joined by, Ryan? Yeah, who's here? <laughs> Sarah DeYoung and Pastor DJ Laura. No, Dana, because she no. chickened out on us. No, you told a terrible yeah. joke, and she was talking about bringing her breach. So we were going to have snacks and podcasts. Oh, she wasn't going to do that. You never know. Oh, she, I, uh, she was ready to cave as soon as uh, it was talking about the snacks. And then all I said was nothing tops a plain pizza. <laughs> and that's all we have for you guys this week. We'll uh, see you next week. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> oh, Ryan. Well, whatever. Oh, Whoa. that's a zany one. Yep, that was. That was a zinger. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, it is funny to talk uh, with... Um, in this conversation in this room with the people here because uh-huh. you can just feel that it's holy week like everyone's <laughs> running down it, it's like the calm before the storm because yep. yep. th- once thursday hits it's full sprint until yep. we hit monday mm-hmm. yeah it's game on game on yep. yeah so you can just hear that <laughs> it's also funny calm before the storm and we record this on tuesdays yeah right? and if you're in the if you're in the north dakota region we're about to get Snowmageddon. Yes, Snowmageddon well, is not, coming. Yeah, not here though. No, no. Snowpocalypse. Yep. Snowmageddon. We're out of the weather headlines now. True. Yep. Yeah. It's everywhere gonna, else. It's gonna though. miss us. We kind of got the Omaha Dome. Have you ever heard of that? No, but I have the heard. Ol- explain. There's so there's a theory that the city of Omaha in Nebraska, everywhere else gets hit, but like anytime you look, it's just like a circle around Omaha. So they call <laughs> it the Omaha Dome. The last time I was at Omaha, and maybe it's gotten better now, but it had flooded and was like surrounded by a moat for about <laughs> nine months. And you had to like, t- it, it, yeah, it, I they remember made you that. Veer into a completely different state in order to enter the oh, city yeah. of Omaha. You couldn't go straight through from mm-hmm. South Dakota into Nebraska. They kicked mm-hmm. you out of Nebraska and you uh, veered off into Illinois, I think. Before you, or Iowa or something mm-hmm. until you, until you came back. What, that probably was what just a, well. You you do anyway if you were taking twenty nine, because Eli is a little miffed. He thought that he could check Nebraska off his list. Uh huh. But if you, you go straight down twenty nine, you you don't actually you can see it. It just skips yeah. Nebraska. It's entirely. right there. Yep. <laughs> it's you right there. A, there's a, like a county highway outside of Yankton. Yeah. Yep. So Go someone who whoever designed I twenty nine back in the thirties and forties and fifties hated the Cornhuskers <laughs> yep. with a passion. So up yours, Nebraska. <laughs> We're not coming in. Yeah. So he's up a your little nose with a rubber hose. Yeah, he's a little grumpy because he he's like, and I've uh, been to Nebraska, and I said, well, sorry, pal, but you haven't. I haven't. <laughs> you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so even without flooding, mm-hmm. I-29 does not go through Mm-mm. Omaha. It nope. goes completely around it and leaves the state. Mm-hmm. And then and then and then what stays in Iowa till you get No, it it doesn't it doesn't leave the it goes down so you go through South Dakota and then you go into Iowa City. Yep. Right or into the quad, the into Sioux City, the Quad Cities, and you just ride alongside the Nebraska. Just state ride line the edge the entire mm-hmm. way. I did not realize yep, that. Yep, yep. Interesting. Yeah, you don't go into Nebraska. So on you 29. didn't. So for the sake of Eli, you didn't just swing into Omaha to get like a. We were like on. A, a, we were like on a, a tight schedule. Hardy's hot ham and cheese or something, <laughs> just so he could say he was in Nebraska. No. Nope. Hey, you wow. can't give him everything right up front. <laughs> Yeah, that's when are true. they ever going to road trip with us when they get older? You know, that's if they've good, been everywhere. That's a good point. Uh, keep them longing for more. Yep. That's right. Well, thanks for joining us today on that <laughs> podcast. And Until next until time. Until next time. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's, uh, uh, there's a, there's a fact of the day for you. Wow. Yeah. Didn't even take him in to see the White Castle. No. I think there's one in Omaha. Yeah, but uh, my, my children, they like White Castle. Oh, or they, they do. So well, or they or they tell me that to my face. Sure. Uh, and then behind my back, I get the the high school mission trip treatment. <laughs> it could be reverse psychology. Like, tell dad we like White Castle, then he'll never take us there. <laughs> oh no, no, it wouldn't matter if they if it 
gave them hives when we went. Speaking of food, coming to the Fargo-Moorhead area, and and I, I don't know them personally, so I'm not getting like a, a, a any type of... Full disclosure this is, here. Benefits this is not from this. an ad. This is not an ad, but there is a uh, a fast food place coming to town, which is delicious. Is it Freddy's or whatever? Freddy's. It is? I saw that custard and steak burgers. Oh. We did, discovered these in in Charlotte, and boy, oh boy, they are scrumptious. Where Where is it going? It's going on forty um, fifth uh, somewhere. It used to be a Wingstop and Marcos. Oh, I took over that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like it's not going to last. Too. Well, it might. <laughs> you know, that was too bad because I liked Wingstop and I liked Marcos. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. still Marcos around, mm-hmm. but. Sure. It's uh, like, um, well, uh, what's the um, saloon or what? what is the one that is in where uh, Quaker Steak was oh, in? Oh, Wild Bills. Wild Bills. That's been in there for quite mm-hmm. a while compared That's to a good everything else that was stop. in that place. Quaker Steak? It's Quaker Steak. Uh, Wings or Quaker Burgers. Steak and I think it was called Quaker Steak and Lube. Yeah, look it up. It was like a wing place. Yeah, true story. Mm-hmm. Quaker Steak and what? L- well, let me look it up here. That sounds like a like a tire place. It looked like one, it, yeah, but it, it was, was a restaurant. It was set up. Well, maybe that yeah. was the confusion. Is no one understood what they were getting? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I like qu- four white walls. Uh, I'm sorry. All we yeah. have is uh, burgers and fries. They they even have a sort of a. Um, you would maybe uh, mistake it for like Quaker State uh, oil. Maybe they got sued. They got, they got they, the green. And, no, they did no. have really good French fries. Did they really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quaker yeah. State, Quaker Steak and Lube. It, it, their website is even called thelube.com, and I don't make that up. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but they wings. still exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on their I'm on their. Uh, Worldwide web location right now. Well, I'm a fan of Freddy's. It's opening today. I'm not going today. Uh, I think I'm going on Friday because my my pal that I work with at CCRI had told me he goes, Sarah, they have hot dogs. We gotta go. Oh, it's hey, they they got good food. Um, and and their the um ice cream or the custard or whatever it is that they have is is very good as well. I've never so. been there, but there is a Quaker Steak and Lube in New York, Pennsylvania. So next time I go out there, which may not be too too, too distant future, I might go. Uh, you know what? I bet you I've seen it, and I'm like, uh, I don't need tires. The uh, the 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 funny part of York, uh, in my house, it's called York Paw. York Paw. York mm-hmm. Paw. Because when you drive there, if you have the the Google machine, I call her Milady, the lady that talks to you when <laughs> when when you when you've got your directions on. Sure, Siri. She'll say. Uh, I call her Milady. She'll say York Paw. York Paw. Yeah. And that's York, York, Pennsylvania. Sure. Is that where they make York peppermint patties? I don't know. Because if they don't, they should. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, this this is a, um, yeah, it's just me wanting to go back to Pennsylvania. What came first, York, Pennsylvania, or New York, New York? Well, it, it could have been either way. I mean, if York truly came first and New York truly came second, it would have been York and re-York. Well, because New York because you used have to, to be York before you can re-York. That's right. Um, but before it was New York, wasn't it New Amsterdam? Didn't they change mm-hmm. it? I don't yeah. know. So York, Pennsylvania, may be older. Could be than New York. Could mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. But I got mm-hmm. a feeling New York is not named after York, Pennsylvania. We'll have to look it up. I don't know. Okay. Who's doing it? Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I think you've got York PA in your uh, search history, so you should just be able to do what came first. Well, you know, hey, in, Siri. In Maple Donuts. We've <laughs> talked about Maple Donuts on here before uh, is in York Paw. Do you guys do that with um, Siri? Because I don't ask Siri stuff, but we ask Alexa stuff all the time in our house. Hmm. We we use Siri a lot at my house for hey Siri I can't say it too loud because she's gonna start talking <laughs> just just hey, set timers hey Siri order dog food <laughs> ah, she didn't pick you up somebody at home is mad about that right now probably <laughs> I apologize <laughs> uh, go ahead you were gonna say something no about we it. just use it to set timers oh that's it yep pretty oh, much we ask Alexa all kinds of weird. Weird facts. Alexa has some good answers, though. Or, or we'll ask Alexa to tell us jokes. I do that mm-hmm. with Siri, too. Yeah. Tell me a joke. Hmm. Funny stuff. I go to uh, my bad dad jokes 
Facebook page for all mine. Askjeeves.com. Askjeeves. <laughs> okay, so uh, York, Pennsylvania was... Now, I don't know what this means. This it's been is, around for a long time. This is laid out in 1741. There you go. Laid out in 1741. All right, how about New York? That's when did New York become, a, become New York? Because it was New Amsterdam up until... The English took it over. Okay, so maybe we need to go back to York where it says, uh, laid out in 1741, borough on September 24th of 1787, city January 11th, 1887. Oh, that's way after. Mm-hmm. So now we go to New York, C- New York City, and we find out that it says... Um, where is it in my cliff notes here? It's got the time zone. It's got, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to find this out. They don't have it in the little sidebar. Well, here. you know what? That's what we have. The We have the best listeners on that podcast that can look up these these uh, interesting facts for us and, and fill us in. That's true. I got a pretty, I'm pretty sure, though, it's named after like Yorkshire, England or something like that, or, or the city of York somewhere in Europe. New York City became New York City in 1624. Oh, that's way, way, yep. oh, way, 160 years. They should have named York, Pennsylvania, Old York at that point oh, then, because York. New York obviously uh, is older than than York. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Or they could have York called pa. it. They could have called it Poser York. <laughs> there was a York and a New York, and they're just posers now. <laughs> I, d- I can't say that. I love York. Another city taking on like like uh, the name of another really cool city, like like yeah, like when oh I'm going to Paris, Texas. Texas. Like, <laughs> beautiful. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what are, what are we talking about today? I don't know. <laughs> well, so far, uh, York, uh, Freddy's custard. New York, Quaker Steak and Lube. Yep, oh. which is a goofy name for a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go have a Freddy's Steak Burger at some point in the... today. No, I, you can't get in today. When does it open? That's the funny say- thing about Fargo. Have you noticed that? Doesn't matter what the place is. The first day that's open, everybody and their grandma says, "Let's oh, go try it man. out." Well, they got to get in there oh, before yeah. it closes. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I've I've lived a around here later, a long time. A week later, nobody just crickets. <laughs> just like, what happened to everybody? Well, they all tried it. They're done. Yep. Um. They're going That's back to their. They're, yep. they're going back to their staples like um, Kroll's Diner, which yeah. has been here forever, or the Shack way up north, yep. or something like that. I think it's just funny, Ryan, because working in Grand Forks, the amount of people I work with that here, I live in Fargo, and are like, oh man, you guys have so much good stuff. But anytime it comes up here, it dies because it's just not as good as what's in Fargo. Hey, like it's the same. It's not mm-hmm. as good there because I've been there, but they still have the ground round. They do. They do have the and ground that's, round. That's, that's a, my favorite part of going to Grand Forks. Yes. Chicken tortilla soup. Well, and, you know, not for nothing, they got a super target. They do. And the original red pepper, which is, sorry, much better than the one here in Fargo. Than the one here in Fargo. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that's true. They also have, um, they have a lot of, a lot of Fargo stuff. Uh, maybe it was the ground round I'm thinking of because they still have some stuff that we don't have. Mm-hmm. But the ground, they have a old, not a, not an old mill, um, green, green mill. mill. Okay, see, a there's another mill. one. Green, yep. yep. Is there a grandma's up there? Uh, grandma's restaurant? I don't know. Uh, there's one in Ottertail County. Well, there's a bunch of them in Duluth. Like they have the whole grandma's mm-hmm. corner. Well, they have yeah. the marathon there every year. They yeah, can't get rid of that. They'd have to rename the marathon. But grandma's owns like four restaurants there. <laughs> Did you know that? No. Mm-hmm. Aren't and they all like they're in right the same? next to each other? There's like an Italian themed grandma's restaurant. <laughs> There's a uh, you know American cuisine grandma's restaurant uh, that was like the one in Fargo. Is like, that what they call them? Do they call them Italian grandmas? And <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever you, it's whatever you say. Grandma in Italian is 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 the name of it. There <laughs> they got abuelas in yeah. uh, the Mexican one. Yeah, actually, I think they do. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Absolutely. (laughs) So anyway, what are we talking about? We are in the sermon series, Life Support. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we have the Reverend Dr. Pastor Cross, who Mm -hmm. uh, is not an MD, but he plays a doctor on your uh, internet screens. He's not that kind of doctor. He is a doctor. doctor. He is. He's a PhD, not an MD. Yes. he, He doesn't have his MD. He has a demon. 
<laughs> and with his demon, we call him Reverend Doctor. The doctor you better explain what that means. Yes. A, a demon uh, is D period M I N, which is a um, doctor of ministry. Doctor of ministry degree, which which the Reverend Doctor Cross has received yes. uh, from all of his education. So yep. all of his book learning. Yep. It's a lot of it. Well, with it and and with the demon, it's kind of an interesting doctorate because you have to be in the field, uh, as they say. You can't just go and study for um, at a seminary for ten, twenty years in like a recluse and get your doctor of ministry. You have to be <laughs> doing ministry in the parish setting in order okay. to earn a doctorate of ministry. Okay, there you go. Huh. Wow. All the book learning they call that a PhD. Well, I will say. That while it was cool, uh, our cameras will be excited when he's not wearing that bright white jacket anymore. <laughs> what is the? What, what, uh, doesn't it have like a like a like a Kelvin number? Like oh man, I thought Kelvin was how you measure the heat of the sun, and, and you guys have that for your camera. Well, he's glowing up there. Yep. Hey, you know we got to keep adjusting it. So. <laughs> Wait till he finds out that most doctors don't even wear their white coats nowadays. Right. Yeah. Well, I wanted him to wear one of those things that they wore back in the day that reflected the sun. I, to, I told that him would that. blind someone to those circle things. I told him that he wouldn't do it. Maybe because we both thought it would be a good yeah. idea. That's probably had the hole in the middle. And yeah. so you'd flip it over their eye and they'd get the reflection to really, you know, I guess this is before flashlights when they yeah. had candlelight, you know? Yeah. That's how it's done. I know. Actually, I had a doctor who wore one of those. Really? Yep. Way, way. Ba- he was old school, and uh, he uh, apparently. Yeah, because when I was I was a, <laughs> a young adult, and he was like getting ready to retire pretty soon, and so he probably was around when you know. Did he give you that old old school like um, uh, 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 painkiller like like what they call laudum laudanum laudanum whatever <laughs> well, that drink was laudum? That reminds me of Tombstone. Yeah, you looking for some laudanum, dude? Yeah, exactly. I have some right here. <laughs> True. I don't know what any of this is. So when uh, this is kind of a, a side thing, but you know, talking a little bit about Pennsylvania. So we it, when when I was in the Philadelphia area, of course, we did all the touristy things when family came, and yep. we took a the tour bus of Philadelphia, and they drove by. Um, I believe it was Thomas Jefferson Medical Center, one of the oldest hospitals in um, the country. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think wasn't even founded by Thomas Jefferson. I think it was founded by Ben Franklin. But that's oh. a, that's a different story, and. They talked about the medication that people would get going into this place. And back in the day before they knew what, you know, bad things were medicine that you take to knock you out so you can have surgery done. Yeah. Sledgehammer. Really? They'd bonk yeah. you on the head, load you up with whiskey and laudanum uh-huh. and bonk you on the head with a sledgehammer, knock you out really? cold in order to, to mm. perform Surgery. Cutting edge. 1780, yeah, 1790. Doesn't surprise me much for it being Philly. <laughs> I mean, if, it, if and it they wasn't, still do it to this day. <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't for the Covered pe- by insurance. <laughs> if it wasn't for the people in the filth, Philly would be a pretty cool city to, to hang out in. You know what I, I mean, it it's true? beautiful. Is Phil- Philadelphia has gritty for their hockey team. The like orange monster who causes yeah. nonsense. Yep. Yep. Uh, 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 I, yeah, and then they have the goofball for the Phillies, isn't it? Isn't that who they have? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't watch basketball. No, it's. I, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I met one nice person in Philadelphia and they got like the, like their, their buildings and stuff. Are a, city, really... a city of 7 million. I met one good guy. And Reading, uh, is it Reading? What's it called? Reading, uh, Pennsylvania. Ter- Reading Terminal. Reading Terminal. Well, that was pretty cool. Well, and anyone who's ever played Monopoly knows Pennsylvania very well because every railroad is located in Pennsylvania. Yep. That's true. The Reading Radio. Uh, uh, railroad, not reading, as every kid would read it. Reading, yeah, Reading Terminal, that was cool. It, there was a lot of a lot of food and things there. You might want to keep saying nice things. I think they might come and get you. So it's funny that you say that because what we were told is it, it's the Philly fanatic who looks like the. I'm sorry, I got it from Simpsons. The Capital City goofball. Oh, okay. Is, it was based off of the Philly fanatic who looks like a goofball. So big green guy. 
Billy shirt. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, I recognize yeah. him. Used to get in boxing matches with like the uh, br- um, uh, the Padres chicken. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Back in the day, I, I whatever. Just, I just had a brilliant idea when I when I post this to YouTube. I'm going to post the lo- recording location. It's Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> I was told um, a couple things. Serving a congregation near Valley Forge, which is outside of Philadelphia proper, it's in the suburbs area. Mm-hmm. Primarily, in it, it, it's in a. Um, I served a church in the Kimberton Borough. Boroughs are towns that get swallowed up by bigger towns and yep. they become boroughs. Um, and the town is is Phoenixville, and Phoenixville basically had swallowed Valley Forge, and Valley Forge. Memorial Park was right there. It was this huge uh, place where they had tons of deer. Like all the deer in Pennsylvania were told, this is a safe spot. You can't be shot here. Come and run in front of cars as people drive through. Just horrible place. Yep. This is Deersburg here. I I lived in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area for four years. Yep. I only got hit by three deer in four years. And didn't you say one of them like ran alongside of you? Yes. Like it was racing me and then like... Are you looking at me, punk? And it ran into the side of my car. So like you were literally hit by a deer. I was literally every time I was hit by a deer. I didn't hit a deer. Deer hit my car. Um, one time I was driving through suburban Phoenixville, going about thirty miles per hour. A deer ran through the road I was on into someone's backyard. And what, you know, one deer never goes by itself. You look nope. it over to the right to see this deer, and another deer literally ran right into my car. Did a flip <laughs> over my car like something out of Die Hard. And ran away. And ran, landed on its feet, got up, and ran <laughs> away. So I couldn't even be like, I killed a deer. Well, it's just, well, yep. didn't have to call the police on that one. Those I are just some tough deer. And yep. they totaled my car. I'm, so. not, I'm not giving you the satisfaction of dying here, yep. sir. <laughs> Anyway, what I was told is uh, something, some things that, that is the reality about Philadelphia. One of them is that Philadelphia, Phil, people who are Philadelphia, Philadelphians are, are ride or die Philadelphians mm-hmm. for life. But there's almost like this chip on the shoulder that we're not New York City and we're not Washington, D.C. Oh, sure. And so you got a little bit of that going on. Mm-hmm. But you have this like... I was told that if you want to go to see good sports in Philly, you got to go to only um, Philadelphia Phillies games Mm -hmm. or Philadelphia Flyers games. Really? Those are the only ones that are family family friendly. Oh, yeah. I believe that. This was before... Um, uh, Carson Wentz was, was a, uh, an Eagle for those, you know, five and a half minutes that he was an Eagle and they ended up going to the championship. Everyone loved Carson Wentz. Yep. But you don't go to Eagles games because those fans are rabid and just, I mean, they're like, what have you, what have you done for me lately? I've, I've heard it's a poor experience. It is. And the same can be said for 76ers games, which is just a crying shame because I remember um, when I was a little kid, one of the first basketball players that I was thought was really cool was Dr. J. Oh. Julius Irving. Eli thinks he's a, a Sixers fan. Okay. Yeah, I maybe you want to talk to him. <laughs> well, I, you know, each to their own. But uh, what I was told is you don't do that, and also you don't go into Philly after dark. And we went during the daytime. It's great, you know, down Center City downtown. It's great. There's a lot of cool buildings and statues on those buildings. If you want to see all the stuff, you got to take your time. It, like, yeah, at, in Philadelphia proper, in in just the area, the surrounding area, you can't go five feet without walking into some historic monument that one of the founding fathers had something to do with. Right. And, and it is really Ben Franklin's city. I mm-hmm. mean, he built the thing from the ground up and really made it into into mm-hmm. what it launched it, what it's, you know, Philadelphia, the great city, it's kind of gone downhill since. But so, like, I would go on emergencies – to Thomas Jefferson Medical Center in the middle of the night, uh-huh. and there's no parking at Thomas Jefferson, so you got to park in one of the one of the like parking garages and then walk mm-hmm. downtown Center City to Thomas Jefferson. And every time I did, I would wear a full clerical and carry a Bible. And I got to tell you, you know, I know I understand what this what the people would say. And what was recommended by, you know, people in the city that Philadelphia downtown can be a tough place. But my experience downtown at nighttime 
was always good. Like everyone was just like, Hey Padre, how you doing? Good to see you, Padre. Hey, glad glad you're down here. That was my experience with the nightlife in in, <laughs> in Philadelphia when I lived there. Um, but in retrospect, I don't know if I would have gone without the clerical and without the Bible in hand. It's kind of like the ending of a sister act when Whoopi mm-hmm. Goldberg's dressed up as the nun. And yes. Like, I can't shoot a nun. Right. <laughs> there is something about yep. that. There's something about that in the city of Philadelphia too. So have we talked enough about Philadelphia? Should we get into what our actual <laughs> conversation was supposed to be about? I don't even remember what it was. We're going to talk about uh, life support. Oh yeah, that's right. And the means of grace. And today we're talking about baptism. We talked about the word of God. We talked about the Lord's Supper last time. Today it's holy baptism. Okay. And there is probably no issue outside of the Lord's Supper, but even the Lord's Supper is not as contentious as baptism is among Christians. There are more Christian denominations because of disagreements and downright throwdown fights over what is happening what it is, what the purpose of baptism is, um, it, it causes more division among Christians, something that's supposed to be uniting. Right. So, baptism. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? We just get it done and then you're done, right? Get her done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you're done forever. Get done quick. The Larry the Cable Guy way of thinking. Get her done. <laughs> get her done quick. <laughs> Even better. None of this, none of this baptisms in church. We want a private baptism. <laughs> Get her done. Yep. Out we go. Yep. And then you're done. Check mm-hmm. check it off the list. That's good because Pastor Cross talked about this and he talked about, um, I want to share the five opinions about baptism among Lutherans. Oh, boy. This isn't mm. even, even disagreements with the wider Christian this is just within Pantheon. our within our division. Just yeah, just our team. Not even not even our our division. <laughs> Uh, 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 like like sporting division because it's not even like the conference of Lutherans because uh-huh. even with other Lutherans we get into <laughs> issues. Just Lutherans alone. Some people think you know why get baptized? Why do baptism? Because babies are cute. Because right. for those who don't mm-hmm. know, if you're listening to this and you're like, what are Lutherans all about? Lutherans baptize infants. We're all about it. Mm-hmm. We're about it, about it. Infant yeah. baptism, but not just infant baptism. We don't limit it to just infants. Oh no, we baptize. All ages, yep. all backgrounds, it don't matter. But we, ideally, the sooner the better. The sooner the better. Yeah, yep. absolutely. absolutely. It's a lot easier to hold them over the little fountain it is. as babies rather than... It is. And if you ever want to see a really cool baptism, go look up Orthodox <laughs> <laughs> baptisms uh, of the Orthodox nugget. Church. Yes. I'll, I'll link that. On YouTube. Yeah, I'll link that. Oh, man, that's good stuff. Just the look on the kid's face yep. is exactly what you want. Just well, terror. It's because it's concussed, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, one thinking is that, well, we baptize infants because baptizing infants is cute. And the whole concern about baptism is getting the right dress, you know, the, the baptismal gown and getting the pictures just right and getting the, you get, that fa- get the family all together for that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not why we baptize infants. Okay, so that's that's one of the misconceptions about it. It's not because babies are cute. The second one was that um, baptism is is cultural. It's it's grandparents' theology. Uh, so you know when 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 you are uh, ha- when you have a baby and you're young, sooner or later the grandparents are going to say to you, "When you get the kid baptized." You got to get the kid baptized. It's got to be mm-hmm. done. You may not yep. even understand why, right? But grandma and grandpa said, "Get get yep. get the baby baptized." Right. Um, the pastor will be calling you. I have spoken <laughs> to them. Um, and so it's cultural. It's it's just what we do. It, why do we do it? Who knows? But it's what we do. Just and because grandma and grandpa said so. Yep. Um, that's incorrect as well. The third one, and the one that I think people most often associate these other things with, if you had to have a reason, uh, babies are cute, grandma and grandpa said so, but if you had to have a reason, why is grandma and grandpa pushing so hard? Because baptism is death insurance. What if something happens? Yep. What if something happens to that cute little baby? Mm-hmm. Where are they going to go? And this is an old, old concern. I mean, uh, this goes back to as long as there's been babies. It's where the concept of limbo comes from. Have you guys ever wondered about what, what is limbo? In Catholic um, 
cosmology, I guess, you have a couple afterlife locations. You have purgatory, which I kind of think of as like the waiting room mm-hmm. for heaven. Yep. Because if you go to purgatory, you go there to burn the sins out of you uh, so that you're pure and holy for entering into heaven. It's You don't have enough merit in your in your um, tally, in your bank account yet. Sure. <clears throat> so you get all the uh, uh, all the impurities burnt out of you in purgatory before you go into heaven. Okay. Uh, can we take an aside for a second? Yeah. So I, I made this abundantly clear a couple of weeks ago that I'm, I know enough about Catholicism to be dangerous, to, to be, yeah, to be dangerous and, sure. so, and sound stupid. Yeah. So uh, yeah. with, with purgatory, so that's what, that's what purgatory is for to, to, to rid yourself of the sins. Do you have to have somebody praying for you in purgatory to uh, make this happen? That's, that's one way to go about it. So that if you ever go into a, a Catholic church and you see a bunch of candles lit, okay. Oh. Um, it's it's twofold. It's a candle. It's a venerating prayer to a saint um, with a candle lit for a living person, but also for folks who have died. Okay. And so you can earn merit. And to this day, the Catholic Church does give plenary indulgences to people who maybe, I don't know, give money for a new... Uh, um, multi-purpose room at the local Catholic church. Sure. Well, that gets you a little credit in your, in your purgatorial bank account. Okay. If you've received that, that plenary indulgence, that forgiveness from, from a priest, it's why the Lutheran reformation was so offensive because Pope Leo the third was trying to raise funds to pay for a new St. Peter's Basilica. Okay. Well, how are they doing that? Well, they were giving a, uh, you know, one time only call right now Get and free card. Yep. Oh, when you, sure. when a coin in the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. So this wasn't just a million years off of your sentence. This was uh get out of jail free card for anyone who pays for it. They would get a signed letter from a Pope or from whoever um, had the authority, the Cardinal of that area to say uh, grandma Dolores is now released from purgatory to enter into the pearly gates, signed Pope Leo III. Oh. that's That sure. was the big deal. And so you'd get a signed contract, basically. So what if you... But you had to pay the you had to pay the dough. Sure. What if you don't have any rich relatives and you don't have anybody... What if you're a Lutheran so and you're in purgatory? The, the, if you're a Lutheran <laughs> in purgatory, then uh, yeah. obviously Luther was wrong. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, what if you have nobody, nobody uh, uh, praying for you? There? Then, then you you burn out your sentence. Okay. And this could be millions of years. Wow. Now, would you like to know where purgatory came from? Sure. Okay. So, the concept of purgatory can be traced back to when the heathens conquered Rome. Okay. So you had the Goths and the Visigoths or whatever the the tribe was at that time that had finally overthrown Rome. It's it's said that the Catholic Pope saved Rome from the barbarians because all the barbarians they they wanted to rule the land and the Romans couldn't stop them anymore, but they really liked Roman culture. Hmm. And so the Pope converted all of the heathens, our ancestors basically if you're German. <laughs> Uh, to Roman Catholicism. And at that time, it wasn't called Roman Catholicism. It was called Christianity. It was the only game in town. There right. were you know, mm-hmm. numerous denominations. And the question came from the Frankish king. I can't remember his name right now, so our historians can look it up and let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that what happened to his father and his grandfather and those who didn't believe in Jesus, are they burning in hell? To which the concept of purgatory came to say, your loved ones have been in a state of purgatory, okay. purgation, sure. waiting for you to come and pray for them. Okay. So okay. that they would be released. And there's, you know, you can go to some biblical precedent here. You have the thing about Jesus coming in, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, coming in and witnessing to uh, the souls that were in prison. This is thought of Jesus' descent into hell. Oh, okay. Oh, after he's, you know, we, as we sure. say in the Apostles' Creed, he descended into hell. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I, I just wanted to. Yeah. So purgatory ask. came up as a way to uh, 
calm the consciences of newly converted pagans mm-hmm. okay. who had conquered <laughs> Rome and were now the rulers too. So it wasn't like the Pope could say, you know, uh, to the Roman emperor, you got to fall in line. Otherwise I'm going to excommunicate you. This was more like, Oh, you're the new game in town. Yeah. Your loved ones have been waiting for you to come and pray for you. So that's where the practice of purgatory and the idea of meriting grace to free the lost souls came from. Okay. Now, okay. outside of purgatory, you got you got uh, the upper door, which is heaven, mm-hmm. or um, you enter purgatory and you drop directly, you descend directly into hell, and there's no get out of jail free card there. You've you you're immediately flushed. You you played shoots and ladders and you hot you hit the shoot right before you were going to get to the end of the game. So what's the deal there? Your transgressions were just too bad that you, you couldn't serve a sentence. You or? died in your mortal sins. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, in baptism, Christ takes upon you your mortal, takes upon himself your mortal sins. So being baptized in Jesus, um, being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in in the practice, it was among, within the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, which the Roman Catholic Church says is they, um, your mortal sins are accounted for by the blood of Christ. Okay. Okay. you're still responsible to merit grace for all those venial sins that aren't mortal. They're not, they're, they're not going to send you straight to hell, uh, but you still need to get those burned out of you after death before you enter the pearly gates. Gotcha. Okay. So they separate hmm. sins between mortal and venial. Luther was like, that's stupid. All sins are mortal. There is no purgatory. You need to uh, uh, be saved by Christ alone and not by the things that you do. And Luther was Luther made the argument to say that if the Pope, this is in his 95 Theses, the first, his first one was when Christ called us to repent, he called us to an entire life of repentance. You can never stop turning to Jesus for your salvation. You can't be like, well, I got baptized. Now it's on to the next thing. That's looking at baptism like death insurance. Okay. Okay, to get me full, full way around. Um Luther also said in the same 95 Theses that if the Pope had the authority to forgive sins, why would he not do it out of mercy and Christian Mm. love rather than for money? And Luther's argument was, he goes, I'm not attacking the Pope. I'm attacking those, those thieves and scoundrels that are using his good name to basically pillage God's people. And Pope Leo was like, nope, I'm the one. Uh, (laughs) Get out of here, Luther. So, <laughs> all right. So you got purgatory, heaven and hell. There's another location called limbo. And limbo is where innocent babies go who die before they have a chance to be baptized, but also before they've sinned, done anything that deserves punishment. They go to a place called limbo, which is a lot like heaven, but it's not heaven. Okay. It's limbo. Hmm. So it's basically like the best baby place. Like heaven's daycare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. That's the, yeah, that's limbo. Limbo is the place where unbaptized babies go, where the innocent who are unbaptized go. Because apparently they can't go to heaven. I'm going to mm-hmm. borrow something that I learned from a wise person I know and say, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the point being is that sorry, DJ. if you treat baptism like um, death insurance, that's ultimately what, what it is to you. It's you got to do this. Otherwise, God doesn't like you. You're out. Right? Right. Um, the fourth one is to think that holy baptism is this death insurance. It, the, the mojo happens when the priest says the magic words to make it so. And if they don't say the words just right or they don't do the right hand motion or whatever, it's it's invalid. It doesn't cut it. It's no good. Which often, if you think about it, is a rejection of infant baptism for the sake of believer's baptism. Mm. Because in the mind of, of those who don't practice infant baptism, it's this thinking that, well, infant baptism doesn't do anything 
What really matters is your personal decision to choose Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Baptism should come after that for it to be valid. Mm-hmm. And so you even have uh, Lutherans or those uh, other Christians, Catholics, Episcopal, you know, whoever, that practice infant baptism that will go and get rebaptized later in life. And a bit of the thinking is that nothing happened in your first baptism. Uh, you got to make your decision first, then it really means something. It doesn't mean that God is doing anything. It just means that you're really making your commitment to follow, mm-hmm. to follow Jesus Christ. We believe that the sacrament of baptism, God is doing something. That's always been the Lutheran perspective. We're, we're very close to the Catholics on the sacraments, both mm-hmm. Lord's Supper and Holy Baptism. We probably agree with the Roman Catholic Church 90, 95% as to what is happening in, with, and under the water and the bread and the wine. Okay. Um, oh, and I'll add uh, the fifth one that Pastor Cross said that we misunderstand is to think that baptism is a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Like, well, they're baptized, so we'll see, see you when it. Sunday school starts. <laughs> or, or, or we'll, we'll see you at Christmas. Yeah. We'll see you at Easter. You know, um, and I love this, this phrase. Well, I, I was baptized Lutheran or I was baptized Catholic. I always find that so interesting. It's like, you know, like, like, <laughs> like it, now I got it's my like team. bottled water. Right, right, right. <laughs> I've got my team now. Right, right. It's like, you know, if you're going to be, I, I want to join the Lutheran church. Well, we just need a blood test. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See if you're Lutheran. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, you're baptized in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. You're baptized in Christ, not in a denomination right. of one kind or another. All right, so real quickly, what is holy baptism and what does it do? I will sum it up in my face, favorite verse of scripture uh, that Pastor Cross used when it comes to baptism. It's this word because it's so offensive to people who have a problem with baptism. And I am someone who was saved by my baptism. Mm-hmm. In other words, when my baptism was actually preached to me as good news, suddenly everything made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, first Peter three twenty one says these words. Now baptism saves you. Any questions? Go ahead. No, no, you go first. <laughs> I don't know that I, that do I you really, think that baptism saves you. Do I think, um, that the act of being baptized saves you? Oh, I see what you're getting at. This brings up an interesting, an interesting conversation that I had about whether or not you can get... Well, so the question is, can you get into heaven if you haven't been baptized? Right. Right? That's what limbo's for. Yeah. I think you can. Okay. What is necessary? Because the Lutheran confessions say, um, baptism is necessary for salvation. What is meant by necessary? What is... You're talking about baptism. So what about uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Okay. Baptism saves you. So, so what So what shows up in, the, in, in, in holy baptism? Jesus. I'm in Sunday school now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and who is the Holy Spirit according to Scripture? It is Jesus' Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of Jesus. So what shows up in holy baptism? Jesus in the spirit, right? Jesus mm-hmm. in the spirit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't need the water. No, you need the water. You're not getting the Holy Spirit without the water. So it's like peanut butter and jelly. You can't have one without the other. So what if, and I, and I know that I'm, that I'm just, this is for the sake of argument now, but this is fun. Yeah. What if you're a grown adult and you were told that you were baptized, but you weren't actually baptized? Okay. Whereas the, the water wasn't there. Okay. Okay, talk to me. I'm trying to understand this. If you were told you were baptized, but you weren't actually baptized, right. how do you know you weren't actually baptized? And what is your faith relying in? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> right, so you don't need the... I, this, is where I, this is where I'm going with, with let, the, let, the water let, thing. Let me break it down for you. So baptism is not death insurance. Right. It's a shield for life. Mm-hmm. So the point of baptism is not to protect me if I die, that I got my bases covered. 
It's to be used every day through faith that clings to the promise that was given to you that is beyond what you hear. It's what you feel and see. And and even if you're deluded and think, I'm baptized, mm-hmm. the promise of baptism is what your faith holds onto. It's holding on to Christ. And even if you're deluded and, and have a false memory of being baptized mm-hmm. or, or, the, or being told you're baptized, it's the promise that you're holding on to. Like, okay. I don't remember my baptism. Right. I was told I was baptized. Right. The only proof that I have that I was baptized is that there's a group of people that gathered together with me with a little white dress on when I was real little, three months old, April Fool's Day, 1978. Yeah. What if that's just a horrible practical joke and they just took that picture for the fun of it? That's what I'm saying. Well, here's the thing. It's the promise that it's clinging to the promise that Christ gives. Mm-hmm. And the thing about baptism, just like the Lord's Supper, is that it's a physical gospel. It's not just an idea. It's an event that happens to you. Mm -hmm. Now, even if you're deluded and the event didn't actually happen, but you believe that the event happened, well, that's a miracle of the Holy Spirit (laughs) that clings to the same promise. And what you're clinging to is the gospel of Jesus Christ, because that's all it is. It's, It's the gospel connected to something physical that you experience mm-hmm. that happens to you personally, not as a faraway idea. Okay. So the way this works is right. Um, I think, um, I, I, I think that, that I didn't really accept Jesus when I made my personal decision for Jesus. Like I have a cognitive memory of saying, I'm going to believe in Jesus this day. Yeah. And then a few days later, I don't feel, and, and I feel great. I feel, yay, I'm, I'm saved. But after a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple months, I don't feel saved anymore. Yep. That actually happened to me. Okay. I was um, in seventh grade. Or was it eighth grade? No, it was seventh, I think it was seventh grade. Went to, went to and saw the power team. These huge, bulky, muscular guys, like breaking, punching ice and breaking bricks and breaking baseball bats over their knees in the name of Jesus. Boom. Breaking these things. And they're playing... Christian heavy metal music from the 80s, like bands like Striper, To Hell with the Devil. It was awesome, okay? (laughs) And only God is awesome, but this is a pretty close second to a seventh grader who was like, whoa, man, this is church? And this was at church? This was at an an auditorium in in the Seattle-Tacoma area. Okay. Because the power team, they they don't fit in a church. They're too huge. (laughs) They can't get through the door. They're too buff. Can't get through the front door. So, but after they, they do their show and you have the lights and the smoke and the, wow, it's almost as cool as, um, you know, AEW wrestling or not AEW. What, what was the wrestling we had here? AWF. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. The guy would come out and give a testimony afterward, but what they added to that was a call to repentance to accept Jesus, and so you'd come down for an altar call. And I did with my friend. Even though I grew up in the Lutheran church, I was baptized as a baby, mm-hmm. I had received my first communion, and I was actually in confirmation at the time. Mm-hmm. But I said that sinner's prayer, Yeah, and I felt great because I had personally made my commitment to accept Jesus as my savior. And life was good. Yeah. For a couple of weeks. Mhm. 7th grade. Normal 7th grader. Mhm. Middle school's horror show. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Just a horrible place, right? You mm-hmm. guys all remember. Yeah, who would ever want it? Exactly. I didn't feel saved anymore. Mhm. And I thought to myself, maybe I did it wrong. Mhm. What did I mess up? Why? And, and then alongside that question came the question, if it's about me choosing, well, why don't I just keep the Ten Commandments? Yeah. Why don't I just do what God wants me to do? Why do I have to choose Jesus? And ultimately it led to this question, why did Jesus have to die anyway if it's ultimately about me? Now, it might sound strange how my mind went there, but I'm abstract random. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like in one moment I went do, 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 do. It was kind of an ongoing process because my faith was resting in my own faith, in my own choosing of Jesus. And it failed me. Holy baptism, even before you know who God is, is God choosing a sinner like you. And it's a place that your faith can rest on because it's something that's concrete and outside of what you think any decisions that you made or what you feel. 
So when the devil's lying at you, driving you to despair or pride, you can say, wait a minute, I'm baptized. It not, it's not just that I was baptized on April Fool's Day, 1978. I am baptized because it doesn't go away. Nothing washes away the blood of Christ and the promise that I'm marked with the cross of Christ and sealed with the Holy Spirit now and forever. The Holy Spirit is present. And the proof of the Holy Spirit being present is faith. Faith is the real proof of the Holy Spirit. And faith is given through the gospel. Well, what do you receive in your holy baptism? You receive the gospel on you. It happens to you. It's physical. <laughs> it's not an idea. It's not like I just heard this or I heard this in a song. Now I believe it or I feel this way. It happened to you, right? The word connected with a physical object, something like water. Why water? Because everyone has access to water. If we lived on like dune planet and there was hardly any water, it would probably be water connected with sand. You'd be baptized with sand. Um, and baptism, the word, people get wrapped up in like the amount of water as if water is the important thing. Water is not the important thing. Like you said, is it a baptism without water? Um, no, it's not a baptism without water. Is it baptism with just water? No, it's mm -hmm. the water connected with the word. Well, how much water? Well, the word baptizo is a transliteration from the Greek. And baptizo literally means dip. Mm -hmm. So you're a wet dip once you get baptized. Well, how much is a dip? Well, a dip can be I dip my hands in the water and splash you with it. Mm -hmm. Or dip can be you're dipped in the water and as you see with those Greek Orthodox churches. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's not the amount of water that matters. It's the promise that's connected with the water that matters because that's what your faith is going to hold on to in those times when the devil wants you to doubt it and to despair of it. And those are very real times, my friends. Your baptism becomes your shield. Luther used to say that there were times when the devil's lies were so great in his ear because Luther had this ongoing doubt, as you may guess. Mm -hmm. um, he was the most famous and infamous person in Europe at a time and was told basically after the, the, the doubt that came to his ear is, are you the only one who knows? The church, the secular rulers, the emperor, and the entire world is saying, Luther, you're a heretic. Are you the only one who knows? He said at those times, it was the promise of the word of God, scripture, in nothing more than just my baptism that got me through it. And he also said that the reason why the church has survived through so much heresy is because of the promise of baptism that's been passed on from, so that saints would be raised up in every generation. Um, that's what happens in baptism. Do you think it's a coincidence that your parents brought you forward to receive the promise? And if you, get, if you hear the word and believe it before you're baptized, that's fine. They go together. Um, if you believe, then get baptized. If you're baptized, then believe. Why wouldn't you want to? They go together. They, you don't separate belief and baptism. Um, and it's not a coincidence. If, if we believe in a, in a truly omnipotent, omnipresent, uh, omniscient God, it's no coincidence that you, a sinner, that exists out of all of these DNA combinations over thousands of years, would be chosen to believe in Jesus Christ even prior to you understanding or being able to acknowledge the existence of God with words. You follow what I'm saying? I mean, that's mm -hmm. how majestic it is. Now, do people deny their baptism? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Sinners run from God all the time. They plug their ears and run away. This is what's known as the unforgivable sin. Um, it's not that it's unforgivable in perpetuity. It's unforgivable because you won't let God forgive you. Right. Baptism says, I forgive you. That's the promise of it. And we use our baptism by turning back to God every day through repentance and looking and saying, God, you chose a sinner like me in my baptism. It's about God working, not us. That's the difference. That's what we hold on to as, as Lutherans and as Christians, that God is active in a mystery that we call the sacraments, claiming a sinner through a little bit of water, a little bit of bread, and a little bit of wine. Holy baptism, we only do it once. We do communion all the time. Mm -hmm. We do holy baptism only once because it's God's first and final promise concerning a sinner like you that is to establish you and protect you your entire life long. That God is, that you're a keeper. Mm -hmm. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why you only do it once. We don't do it over and over and over again because to do it over and over and over again is to say God was lying the first time. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do when we deny our baptism. We're telling, we're saying, God, you're lying. You don't love me. You don't care about me. You don't forgive me. Holy baptism says the opposite because Jesus says, go and baptize. That's why you do it. But then he also says, those who believe and are baptized will be saved. And here in first Peter, it says very clearly, now baptism saves you. But then it explains why. If you read on, it says, because it creates an appeal. What's an appeal? It is an appeal to God for a new conscience on behalf of Jesus Christ. So think about those words. First of all, what's an appeal? A judgment's been placed on you. Yep. In a court of a law, a court of law, what's an appeal? You're asking to have that reversed. You're saying, mm -hmm. uh-uh, hold on. Yeah. So you are judged to be a sinner. Mm -hmm. What is holy baptism? It's an appeal to God for a new conscience. What is your conscience? Think about it for a minute. What do you do with your conscience? Your conscience is what you use to measure whether or not you are guilty or not guilty on a moral level. Mm. So what is a new conscience? Think of your conscious mind. Do you believe that you're saved or do you believe that you're damned? An appeal for a new conscience. Who's the, who's the appeal for the new conscience based on? Not on you, on Jesus Christ. This is what it says in 1 Peter 3, mm -hmm. 21. Now baptism saves you. It is an absolute promise. Now, how do you achieve that? How do you experience that? You believe it. Mm -hmm. See, faith creates what's what's what what faith creates what God requires. Or I should say, the word creates faith, which is what God requires. Mm -hmm. Okay, the word connected with holy baptism is the actor, the activator, the thing that is done unto you, and the result is faith. Mm -hmm. So when you hear now baptism saves you, if you're baptized, you better believe that. If you're not baptized, here comes the accusation. Well, does baptism save you? Well, scripture says it does. So I just have to get baptized, huh? No, because that's not a baptism. Just getting baptized is not baptism. Baptism is connected with something else, acquiring it, clinging to it. What do we call that? We call that faith. Mm. So faith is what holds on to the event of you getting washed with water. It's clinging to the word that's connected with that water. If you don't believe it, you're not really baptized. Yeah. Um, it, it's not that you're not baptized, because I'm, I'm going to get these words wrong. It doesn't mean that the baptism is efficacious. It is not efficacious. The word connected with the water does what it says. But if you don't use it, what good is it to you? Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which means that if you fall into unbelief, um, it's not that your baptism didn't work. It's that you're a sinner mm -hmm. and you're not clinging to where God promises to be. So uh, quit that, <laughs> turn around and cling to Jesus where he promises to be, which yeah. is your baptism, which means that God will forgive you even if you reject him. And your proof is baptism. If you don't have a, if you if you're not baptized, what proof do you have? The devil will always be there saying, "Did you really? Did you really choose Jesus? Did you really believe? Are you really a good person?" Blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Baptism saves you. Why? Because it's God's word. Do you believe God's word? Mm -hmm. Yes. Then you're saved. D do you believe God's word? No. Then you're not saved. It's clinging to the word. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. Are you following me yep. that far? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This can get really confusing because um, people make go down these wrong roads, like Pastor Cross says. Bottom line is the word creates what it requires, and the word connected with water for a sinner like you, the promise of salvation. Jesus says those who believe and are baptized will be saved. They go together. Mm -hmm. Then you are saved, period. Believe it. Live it. Go forward with it. That Enough sounds said. good. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. All right. That's it. That wasn't bad. That was bad. No. Not too bad. <laughs> oh, I had one thing to add. Pastor Cross called me out in the first service. So if you oh, watched the yes. first service on Sunday, That's I, I, right. I made an errata, an error yeah. that I need to correct. I'm uh, surprised you haven't gotten mail on this already. Uh, well, you know, um, 
Or have you been purposely staying away from your I, I ha- I've been staying away from any location that would give me information. <laughs> I just want to correct it because I, I found it immediately after I said it because he quoted me on it. Uh, Luther's small catechism. Pastor Cross said it was written in 1522. Then he asked me, when was it written? And I said, 1524. We were both wrong. <laughs> 15, no. 1521 is the Diet of Worms. And when this happens, Luther is excommunicated and was found guilty under the Spanish Inquisition. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Luther was uh, condemned under the Spanish Inquisition, which means that the emperor had said he is a traitor to the state and was meant to be killed on sight by any good citizen of Germany. Luther's ruler, the elector Prince Frederick, and the electors were a group of princes who basically in a democratic process elected whoever whoever the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire of Germany was. And so Luther's ruler was a pretty important guy, this Prince Frederick. He kidnapped Luther and hid him away in a, in a castle called the Wartburg or Wartburg, if anyone knows about Wartburg College in Iowa. It's in Iowa, right? Wisconsin. And there Luther took on the identity of Knight George and lived under an alias for a time. And while in that time, he took to really making a break with the Roman Catholic Church. He translated, which wasn't the Roman Catholic Church yet. It was just the church, the Western church. He translated something that was wrong, the entire New Testament into German so that the average person could read the scriptures in their own language up until that point it was outlawed the only language that scripture could be written in was latin um officially among the church even though scholars had workings with greek and hebrew but that's irrelevant the only official translation of the bible to be read in church was the latin vulgate luther broke that by translating it into german and in so doing transformed the german language to this day That was in 1521. Shortly after that, you have the Peasants' War. He returns to Wittenberg and reveals that he's still alive and works to reform the Lutheran churches because they'd basically been kicked out of, of Christianity. The churches have a chance, the, the Lutheran churches have a chance to speak their case at the Diet of Augsburg, which is on 1530. This is where we get what's called the Augsburg Confession. Prior to that, a year prior, or two years, three years prior, in 1527, Luther traveled around many of the churches in Germany that were part of the Lutheran movement and found that many of them were wanting in their Christian education. That is when he wrote the Small and Large Catechisms, which were published in 1529. There it is. There it is. All right. Corrected. Good. And if I'm wrong, let me know, because I may have goofed it up again. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mia Coppola. Mia Coppola. Mia Coppola. All right. Well, there it is. Good. All right. What else? Is that it? Good enough. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Okay. It's Easter, baby. It, it is right around the corner. Holy it week. Is. We're here. Holy, Holy week. As this as this drops, uh, we'll be ready to uh, go to our go to our noon service. As this is dropping on Thursday, the noon o'clock. We're purple. N- n- <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> or scarlet. Those are the colors. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll have my liturgical hair gel in. It'll be purple or scarlet. <laughs> just got to get like one extension. Right? Man. Like. Uh, uh, I told I told Mark he needs to get liturgical tennis shoes. Because he has a pair of red ones and blue ones. And he needs green and white I, and black. Mr. Rogers shoes. Yeah. Cha- change him. Just walks up. That's good. All right. Any Anybody want to pray us out of here? All right. Looking, huh? looking at Ryan. Okay. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for Sarah and for DJ. Uh, I thank you for this season that we're in right now, and I pray that uh, I know that there will be a lot of people um, who uh, may not normally come to come to church physically, Lord, and I pray uh, for the people who probably will at Easter time that they would be um, that they would be filled up, that their eyes would be opened up, Lord, and that they would um, um, make a renewed commitment to their faith and to you, Lord. And God, I thank you for the promise of baptism. Uh, and thank you for, um, thank you for uh, what, what you did through Jesus on the cross to, 
save us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. That sounds good. Speaking of services, we've got a lot of them coming up. You can find more about them on atonement.live. Otherwise, you can check us out in person at 4601 South University Drive every Sunday at 9 and 1030 a.m. Or you can go to atonement.live, atonementfargo.org, or YouTube by searching Atonement Fargo. I'm sticking with that, by the way. I'm not doing this backslash stuff, forward slash, backslash. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just they search, know. They search, know Ato- search Atonement Fargo, you'll find it. So for Sarah D. Young and Pastor DJ Lura, my Way name to draw is, a line in the sand, right? Yep, I did. <laughs> I drew a, almost like a backslash. I drew a backslash <laughs> right in the sand. My name is Ryan Janke. Thank you for joining us. And join us next time for another riveting episode of that podcast. It's Holy Week. I had to that go crazy. That was a really loud one. Yeah, I had to go nuts that time. I, I, have to put a, I, like hope, a I hope people could hear your face, Sarah. It looks so good. <laughs> Yeah, and peeps are gross.